Hello and welcome to Christie's Education's podcast, Think Like an Art World Expert. Today I'm talking with Elizabeth Dellett, the UK Fair Director for the Affordable Art Fair. Hi Elizabeth, thank you for joining me today. Pleasure, thanks Ken. Now we're going to kick off with just um, finding out a little bit about you before we talk about the art fair. Um, tell us a little bit about your career and how you got started in, in the art world. Okay. Um, I moved over to London from North Carolina in 2003. Um, I had done an undergraduate degree, two in fact, one in history and one in history of art. Um, moved here to do Christie's education, um, where I'd been accepted into the master's program the year prior. Mm -hmm. um, it was brilliant. Spent the first year studying everything from Renaissance to the present day. Um, graduated from that course in 2004 um, and pretty much went straight to work with Bridgman Images. Um, they are a picture library based in um, Notting Hill yeah. and I was cataloging things for them which was great, brilliant. It picked straight up from what I was doing at Christie's cataloging. Brilliant. Um, and I also worked in the marketing department there which was great. Um, they, I don't know if you know, they, they license images for things like, um, you know, if they're writing an article in The Guardian about Caravaggio, okay. you, you, you can get your images from them. Sure. Anyway, it was great, ex uh, great experience for me. Um, but uh, my real passion had always been um, English antiques. So I came back to Mayfair and worked at Mallet Antiques for a few years. Um, I ran the picture department there mm -hmm. and sort of worked my way up. Um, and it was brilliant. I, I really um, sort of honed my skills, uh, <laughs> again, what I'd learned at Christie's. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and really sort of... Uh, elevated the picture department there. We were quite good on furnishing pictures, but we ended up getting some Ramses, some Munnings, some really grown-up stuff, so that was really exciting. Um, then Mallet uh, sadly went its way, and, mm -hmm. um, and a few of us went on and started Masterpiece London, which was a, a real trial by fire learning experience for me. Um, very quickly, I had to know what it meant to get a planning, you know, put in a planning um, application for Westminster County Council and get licensing and things like that. But it was a brilliant exercise. Um, and it really set me up for everything I've done since. Um, it also let me keep my eye in on the market. And Masterpiece has really gone from strength to strength Absolutely. since I was there. Um, I was actually their very first employee and I left in 2013. Um, but it was great. Uh, they they've now been you know um, absorbed into sort of MCH group and um, but I I decided a few years before that that I I sort of wanted to jump laterally and went to work for what is now Golden Squared uh, their PR agency. Um, so basically, I, I flipped it on its head and started helping to promote the galleries and the, um, the dealers that worked we worked with at Masterpiece directly. Mm -hmm. um, so some of my clients were Daniel Crouch, um, uh, Rare Books. I uh, had a, the opportunity to work with quite a lot of watch clients. Um, we worked, um, we won, and, and then worked with quite a lot of large-scale uh, sort of luxury um exhibitions yeah. one called crafted which is put on by the walpole group um we worked with the collect art fair which is part of the crafts council and it was really then in fact working with the collect art fair that i sort of got the bug for working with 
living artists. Um, these were, I'd say, smaller or, or less well-known uh, makers in silver and wood and ceramics and all mediums and just telling their stories and developing their narratives um, and really helping spread the word about craft with a capital yeah. C um, was, um, was a challenge, but it was brilliant and I really loved doing that. Um, so I then set up my own PR um, and sort of business development consultancy, again working with a lot of large-scale events to either help them recruit exhibitors or the other way around to um, consult with galleries and tell them how to refine their business models, to maximize on their social media presence, to elevate their SEO, to um, you know put themselves out there better. Uh, and then I was approached by Freeze to come and work on Freeze Masters. So I went back in house um, to what I originally loved all along, and yeah. I was uh, I managed Freeze Masters for four and a bit years. So uh, that's sort of where we are now. In that I, I joined the Affordable Art Fair um, as UK Fair Director in July, and it's been an absolute wonderful electric roller coaster ride since. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've just completed the fair haven't you? We did. We celebrated our 20th anniversary edition uh, just recently in October, second week in October in Battersea. Um, and yeah, it's, it was, we had uh, 114 exhibitors, all, some 20 of whom had been with us since the very beginning. So it was a really special time. Fantastic. So what changes in terms of the, the model of the affordable art fair compared to other art fairs? Well, I mean, the, the nuts and bolts of it are very similar. Uh, they're, um, well, I say that, they're, some art models, as we were saying, are um, artist-led, so the artists themselves take pitches. Um, the ones I've worked with are all gallery-led, um, as is affordable. So the galleries have to apply to us year-on-year year for each of our affairs. Um, the selection committee assesses the applications, and then we get the ball rolling, we assign them a stand. Mm -hmm. Um, we fit it out, uh, we market the heck out of them <laughs> and uh, spread the good news. And, um, and we have three fairs in, um, in London now. So there's the, uh, we had the one that has just happened in Battersea in October. We've got the next one coming up soon in March in Battersea again. Uh, and then we've got uh, a really beautiful fair in Hampstead, uh, which is on the Heath in the second week of May. First week in May, actually. Can you tell us a little bit about the criteria for selecting the galleries for the fair? Sure. We um, basically our only criteria is that the artists have to be alive and still producing work, um, and the price point for us is very important. So everything has to be um, six thousand pounds or under. Mm -hmm. So this past fair, as I said, we had um, we had everything from fifty pounds right up to six thousand which gives us a really good variety. And we have, that gives us also the ability to pick from galleries of all shapes and sizes, lots of different mediums. We've got prints, we've got applied arts, we've got ceramics, but, but most, most of our bread and butter is, is, is paintings and um, sort of collage works and works on paper. And is there a range of um, galleries that you, that you have at the fair? And have you had them attending the fair for 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 the 20 years do you get some a lot of change in in galleries attending um yes and no uh it's sort of a double-edged sword with with fairs you do inevitably have some attrition but equally that is what keeps fairs fresh um and also our galleries work very hard to bring 
uh, well, sort of to match their offering to the market. Uh, because Affordable have 13 fairs across the globe, we have, we're all sort of working off of the, a similar pool of exhibitors. Quite a lot of um, them do two, three, four, even you know, yeah. seven or eight of our fairs globally. And um, I was just speaking to um, one, of, one of my galleries here in London. She get, uh, just exhibited with us in October. She just went and did the Amsterdam fair where I was last week. And she brought totally different artists. Uh, wow. She's got quite a, a wide stable of artists. So, um, and it's brilliant. They, they work very hard to, to, to help us keep things fresh. Yeah. I, I imagine that at some point the galleries want to sort of raise their profile a little bit more and still to step up to the more glamorous, let's say, um, art fairs like Freeze or, or Art Basel. Do you find that happening? I think in our in our particular market, we are, we focus on the small to medium sized galleries because primarily those are the people that offer works in our price range. Sure. In order to, uh, we do have some galleries that work with artists who uh, who show work um, at a higher level. Rebecca Hosek, for instance, she just participated at Lapada. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she has some gallery um, some artists who whose work ranges in the 15, 20, even thousand range. Um, so she sort of curates her offering and what she brings to us. Um, I don't think, some of them though, they do have some aspirations of, of playing in the big leagues as it were. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think what we provide is a really sophisticated and energetic platform for, for galleries of a certain stature. Yeah. Um, we have a really sophisticated um, analytical marketing team and so we can give advice on uh, social media presence, about podcasts, about how to raise their profile in, in more subtle ways mm-hmm. without asking them to, to take pictures at other big art fairs because cost is such a big yeah. issue for all of us, frankly, but certainly for, for some of these galleries. Um, that I think we are already offering them, a lot of them, what they actually do need. Sure, sure. And what about the people attending the fair? Have you seen a change over the years in who is actually coming to buy the art? I think it's a much younger crowd, no question. Um, But we are... We can't afford to ignore millennials. Everyone is, keeps saying that, but it's the truth. And I, I am turning forty next year, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there. Um, but there, we really have focused quite hard in segmenting our own database and to teach our galleries how to segment theirs. Um, we run a, a periodic session, sort of quarterly, called Business of Art Sessions, where we invite our galleries to come. And we talk to them about the metrics that we use and about how how we try and target certain audience groups. Um, we work with a consultancy called um, Morris Hargreaves McIntyre, who who do culture segments. So basically, we really we do a lot of um, analysis on people that come to the fair. They they submit visitor surveys, and and so basically, we really try and help our galleries harness that and target the right people but absolutely they're much more much more young uh collectors these days and certainly in our bracket at affordable we're working with a lot of new partners as well we worked with um jm finn who are an investment group they are our lead partner for the october fair um, and they brought in a great group of really engaged um, people who wanted to learn and wanted to you know get involved in art 
And is this a, a global phenomenon? Is it happening in the other affordable art fairs around the world? To my knowledge, yes. Um, as I said, I just got back from Amsterdam. It was very young, the crowd yeah. there. Um, I think with all of the political uncertainty, uh, I think older generations are more savvy, more cautious. Um, whereas I think the younger generations, and this is a, obviously a broad and sweeping generalization, but I think it's easier. <laughs> I mean, they think less about parting with the money that they have. And, and again, at our price bracket, I uh, was saying, I think, I think this is a perfect antidote to uh, political climates, to unrest, to dissatisfaction with life is, you know, just buy something you love and put it on your wall. And it's, it's sort of um, almost an extension of an escapist sort of box set mentality. Mm. Well, it certainly appears that it's not deterring people from, from purchasing art, is it? Touch wood. Um, we, our sales were up in Battersea. Um, we've seen record sales um, at our fairs across the globe this year. Um, and in fact, with with the London fairs um, in particular, it seems like every fair is abutting a next Brexit announcement. So we, yeah. we thought we would have news last October. We thought we would have news last May. Uh, again, we're coming up on a, a new deadline. Um, so we have to answer a lot of questions about uh, why exhibitors might want to come back, might, why they want to um, keep our platform in their stable of a portfolio of art fairs that they do um, but I'm absolutely convinced that it, it is it does seem to be continuing to be a really strong selling platform fantastic and in terms of artist representation and promoting the artist within the global art market how does the affordable art fair do that or, or does it it does uh, in a sort of secondary way because we support the galleries and then the galleries in turn support the artists. But we do have a really, really rich program of, of talks, of live art presentations. Um, we partner with Maiden Arts London mm -hmm. who, um, who do some work with us on our Hampstead Fair. So we have curated sections within the fair um, that allow us an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one connection with, with the artists. Um, we had an artist um, at this most recent fair. He's called Dave Bonaguidi. He's represented by Jealous Gallery. He did a, a special uh, commission for us, which was this really cool poster that said, Party Like It's 1999. It had glitter all over it. it <laughs> kids loved it. I loved it. I have three of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was really exciting. Yeah. And we had Dave there pulling the prints on site. Um, printmaking especially, I think, really gets people hooked. Mm. Um, and we had live portraitists, we had dog portraitists uh, at Battersea. We have the ability to, well, in fact, at all of our fairs, we have the ability to have animals come and join us. So uh, it, it really helps the sort of casual uh, frisson vibe of the fair. Um, but yeah, it, with, with the, the emerging artists and, the, and, and um, helping support them, we really do try and partner with uh, as many you know, like-minded people that we can. Yeah. And what has the feedback been? Do you do you act on the feedback that you receive about the fairs? Feedback from visitors. Yes, um, we do. We really try and drill down. We we don't um, ask sort of onerous questions. There is an exit survey. There's also an exhibitor survey when they finish up. We try to whittle it down to sort of six sentient questions from which we can sure. get all of our juicy bits. But. Um, 
but it is of all the fairs I've worked with actually this is the most sophisticated we we analyze purchase slips that go out the door so that we might be able to tell our galleries you know this year I mean it, it's impossible to pick trends some years photography does better some years figurative work does better some years landscapes do better but we can at least try and spot those trends so that we can help our galleries pick the right artists to bring and, and also match those artists and the offerings to the uh, particular uh, platforms that we've got. So are the results in from the most recent fair? We're still totting them up at the moment. But I mean, I can say sales are up 8%, which for us is, is massively encouraging. And that's before we take into consideration the after sales. So all of those will be trickling in over the next few weeks. I'll be calling the galleries just to see where they are. And, and that's you know that's the most important thing for me having been a gallery that exhibited at fairs i know that that those those contacts are invaluable and they can also you you can hear from someone two years from now that you met at an october fair and um sell them something so um that's what's most important to me is getting the right people through the door um those sales are fantastic i definitely am all about relationships as well yeah exactly elizabeth um if someone was looking to go into a role very similar to yours, what three tips would you give them? <laughs> That's tricky. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, you have to love people yeah. um, and, and all types of people from the guy that lays the carpet to the guy that, uh, woman, sorry, either, uh, <laughs> who, uh, who um, takes the tickets. It's, it's uh, working in events really conflates class it conflates um society you you really have to be willing to muck in and not be precious um so that's sort of one tip uh second tip i did have various degrees um and and christy certainly set me up for for this in fact it it was about mostly for me about building relationship with, with with the galleries yeah um putting your face in front of people having a a a clear and confident manner I think is really useful um and also just being passionate about the art and and whether whatever type of art that is for you I I used to deal in silver so I've really come full circle but but as long as you you keep that love it is it is mostly it is mostly that so now you've got the October fair out of the way. What's what's happening now? Is it planning for the next one? <laughs> yeah, no rest for the wicked. Um, I I went to Venice for a week, um, and um, but then that's about it. Yes, we're um, already planning for twenty twenty. Our long lead publications will be coming up soon, so our our PR agency is already um, hunting me for what the themes are going to be for next year. So we've got a lot of really cool stuff planned. Um, you know, in, in the face of political uncertainty we're gonna have our best affairs yet i think so well if if a gallery is interested in participating in the fair how do they go about uh, they can contact us um all of our information is online at affordableartfair.com um so if you just call us uh, in the office um one of my colleagues can send you a link uh all of our application process is online so you just fill in a few forms, send us some artists that you'd like to show, and then our selection committee will take it from there. Fantastic. It's been great talking to you today, Elizabeth. Thanks very much for joining me. Pleasure. Thanks, Lynn.